All right, I want to welcome everyone to Hopcat Presents Local Spins Live at River City Studios here. Thank you all for being part of this special evening. And please welcome to the stage Big Duty Root. We've done more than a dozen of these intimate studio sessions over the last two years, and they are wonderful, intimate concerts and an, and an opportunity for you folks to know a little bit more about some of these bands that are really making a splash on the uh, West Michigan music scene. So we have in Big Duty Roo, Max Lockwood, Justin Dory, Nate Wagner, and Dane Hammerly. Welcome once again. Um, you, some folks probably want to know how a band that started out as sort of this rootsy, folk-driven band out of Wayland, Michigan, ended up cranking up this psychedelic and atmospheric folk rock and grunge. Give us the short history, Max, of Big Duty Roo. Sure. Well, we started out, actually, me and Nate here started out playing in a kind of a pop punk band together in eighth grade. So we, <laughs> me, me, Justin, and Nate graduated Whalen High School, same year. Um, so we grew up together. And uh, so from there, we started playing um, the high school talent shows. And I think it was our junior year when Justin joined the band. And um, actually, Kurt Risley um, is our former drummer, and he's in attendance tonight. Thanks for being yeah. here, Kurt. And uh, he uh, came back as an older, former Whalen High School grad and uh, played the high school talent shows those couple years. Um, from there, we, uh, we used to have a viola player, um, and Amanda Smith and my sister Aurora Lewis used to sing lead vocals along with me. And they phased out of the band eventually. And once Aurora left, it was kind of a decision of how are we going to move forward? This is going to inevitably change our sound. So we just made the conscious decision to sort of go back to some of our rock and roll roots. Um, growing up, listening to a lot of like Neil Young, Pearl Jam, My Morning Jacket, things like that. Um, and just decided to take it in that direction and it felt pretty natural, so we just went with it. It seems to sort of fit the current climate in West Michigan too because a lot of psychedelic folk rock bands like a psychedelic rock bands are really in favor right now. For you guys, because you've been together since high school and even junior high, what's the impetus for Big Duty Roo? What is it that drives this band forward? It's a good question. Feel free to chime in if you guys want to. Um, I'd say a lot of it is just that the deep connection that we have, kind of a strong brotherhood that we've always had, and that's really the core of it, you know, and kind of a shared interest in the music that we're playing. Feels great to play all the music that we're playing right now. And yeah, I would say that's the main driving factor for me. At least it's kind of the main outlet for me to be artistically expressive. How about you, Nate? You're you're one of the songwriters in the band. It's a shared arrangement. I know Max writes a lot of lyrics, but you write some music too. How does that work in this band? Um, it kind of it's different for every song, really. Like um, sometimes me or Max will come to the band with a song that's pretty much finished, um, but a lot of times lately it's uh, we come with an idea and, you know, the basic structure of the song figured out and then from there we just jam on it and figure out what sounds cool, try a few things, and it usually comes together very naturally. That's what's really cool about it is, like, very quickly and not. We, I feel like we don't really have to work very hard to just stuff just comes together really well and 
it's a it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. So for each of you, I'm curious, especially you three guys in the front here, uh, what if you had to name a uh, band or an artist who you feel that Big Duty most resembles or that has most inspired you, what would the, that band or artist be for each of you? Um, and these guys will probably not agree so much with me, but I think we've always been kind of a Pink Floyd-type band. Even um, the dynamic between... Me and Max, like, obviously we don't hate each other. You know, like, <laughs> Roger Waters and David Gilmore might. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, you know, um, lead singer, bass player, songwriter, lead guitar. Nate's kind of the Rick Wright guy, I think, who writes brilliant songs, but also has a very unique factor that he brings. And then Dane is our heavy drummer. Dane is the uh, the uh, newest member of Big Duty Roo. Uh, so Max, how about you? What since you've come from a different sort of background, maybe? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm tempted to say Pearl Jam. Now that we've got Dane on board, I think there's uh, some similarities to kind of like the sound Pearl Jam was getting, especially on the second record. Versus, um, I think in a lot of ways we're kind of moving in more of a direction like that. I mean, I'm no Eddie Vedder, so there's the comparison <laughs> ends there, but. Uh, other than that, like as far as the core of the band, I think I think there's some similarities there. Sure. Uh, for me, I think I'd say uh, probably the band. Um, we got, you know, those guys just worked so hard for so long and put out so much material, and especially for all these guys, like they're doing nothing but playing music all the time and just killing it, and it shows, you know. And I think the band is a lot like that. So. I know you guys have put out a couple of fairly critically acclaimed uh, EPs over the last couple of years, including Duty Free and Heavy Duty. What's the overarching plan for Big Duty Roo in terms of the next year and more recording, more touring? What do you envision? Well, we've just, just been kind of planning that out. We're actually going in the studio in uh, January to record some new stuff. We've got at least uh, five new tunes we've been working on and are constantly writing, so... Um, we're still kind of fleshing out how we want to release stuff, but definitely plan on seeing some new releases in 2017, and we'll be hitting the whole festival circuit next summer, and, you know, just keep getting our, uh, getting the big duty roof thing out there. That brings, brings up another point. Max, you're a very in-demand musician, uh, playing for the likes of Seth Bernard and May Earl Wine and a lot of other bands and acts across Michigan. I know you've got some gigs coming up with May here in the next week. Uh, you did the John Tr- Prine tribute band uh, shows recently. Uh, how do you juggle all of those different solo projects and collaborative projects with other musicians with what's happening with Big Duty Roo? Yeah, it's not always easy, um, but... I mean, everyone, everyone that I work with is uh, really understanding of that, like, 
the collaborative nature of the music community we're in. And these guys especially are super understanding and supportive. We've all got different projects that we're working on. Um, so it's kind of a scheduling nightmare sometimes, but it ebbs and flows, you know. Um, sometimes things slow down a little bit for one project, and then another project is able to sort of flourish for that time. So it's worked out so far. Hasn't been a problem. All right, let's hear some Big Duty Rule. We're going to have you play a few songs to kick things off. Here we go.
And I ain't 
Thank you, guys. Thanks. So talk about the subject matter of your songs a little bit as you introduce maybe the, those songs and, and the ones coming up. Um, well, those were, that last tune was called I Know You Know, and that's, uh, that's from our, well, actually, that's from our EP, two EPs ago, that's called Heavy Duty, um, and uh, we decided to do a couple of sister EPs where we sort of made a little, poked a little fun in ourselves for our, our name, <laughs> so Heavy Duty and Duty Free. Um, that one, um, that one was one I wrote, it also, there's a version of that that I put on a solo record I did, very, very different sound. Um, Big Duty Rude did the original version, though. And uh, that was kind of going through a period of loss and big transition in life in my early 20s. So I was kind of exploring some of, like, how that those processes kind of have to, kind of cause you to have to put yourself back together in a new way and grow from it. Um, and then uh, that first tune was another one I wrote. Um, it was called Islands of Light. And... Uh, that's a song I wrote when I was at a sort of uh, nature-based um, writing and literature retreat um, in New Hampshire for like seven weeks, um, and it kind of came out of the dreaminess of that experience of being in a community, um, working on those things really intensively, um, and sort of some uh, relationship information in there, too, that kind of sort of inspired some of those thoughts, um, romance and being in the natural world, all that together, I guess. I don't know, Nate, do you want to say anything about the other tune? Yeah, the second one we did was called uh, Nothing Good Today, which is a tune I wrote. Um, it was the first track um, that I wrote and sang that we ever did. Um, I had written a few songs on our previous album bef before that, or full length. But um, yeah, just a, just a sad song, I guess. Uh, which is my favorite type of song, you know. It can, uh, when I'm happier, if I'm sad, I prefer to listen to sad songs. So uh, yeah, just a kind of a transformational period when I wrote that. It was several years ago now, um, but yeah, that's a kind of just like a stream of whatever came out of me when I wrote that one, and I was like, all right, that's what it is. Had a little catchy lick and threw that in there and had a song. I've always... Right, Mark Lavinga, who's in the audience tonight, he's not here right now, actually, but he did do a great cover of the song. But, Nate, I've always, uh, I've always loved when you call that song a catchy little bummer. <laughs> What's next? Uh, next, we're going uh, to do a tune here called Here in Our Hands. That's from the most recent EP, Duty Free, too. Um, and that was sort of inspired by, I used to, um, and still am involved um, in a lot of environmental and uh, social justice activism, um, sort of more through music these days. Um, but this song was sort of inspired by, uh, um, during one of those um, sort of difficult periods of transformation also, um, taking time to sit back and work on um, myself and make sure that I was in a grounded place and that the actions that I was taking were coming from a good place. Um, and at the same time, recognizing some of the gains that progressive movements in this country and this state have made, um, and local food is kind of a particular, particularly inspiring one to this one. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll let that, let it speak for itself from there. Right. Well, I just said a whole lot of things about it.
one's called Here in Our Hands.
Thank you. Yeah, like like we said, the revolution's here in our hands, and we still got a lot of work to do. So that's also kind of a sentiment on that one is there's always more work to be done. So keep it up. Nick, take away this one. All right. So this one's called... Uh... Is it called this one? <laughs> <laughs> Waking up, I think. Waking up. Yeah, there you go. So I got to retune this guitar every between every song it seems like. Um, I'll join you. But it's uh, I play it because I like the sound of it and I like the way it feels and it's been in our band for a long time. It's actually Max's uncle's guitar. And uh, he told me a story about about it, but I don't know if it's true. I don't know if he was just messing with me or what. But I like to believe it. And it's that he was giving mandolin lessons years ago to some kid back in the 80s that lived down the street. And the kid um, stole his mandolin, I guess, he, he claims. So he broke into the kid's house and uh, to take his mandolin back. But he couldn't find it. All he could find was this crappy guitar. <laughs> so he took that and um, modeled it after Neil Young's guitar, Old Black. And now uh, he passed it on to us years ago. I mean, it's still his, but, <laughs> but we call it Uncle Neil. Thanks, Al, by the way. Direction, and I would try to. Say 
thought I knew Big Duty Roo here for Hopcat Presents Local Spins Live River City Studios. I have a story behind that song, as a matter of fact. I had these guys on my radio show in a building in downtown Grand Rapids not long ago. And they got done with the radio show, did their performance, did their interview. And then we were going downstairs in the elevator, and we're, there's a bank lobby right there. And they say, well, what the heck? We got our instruments. They just walked, marched into the lobby of the bank and convinced the bank tellers and the manager there that let's play it. And they sat down and played that song, an acoustic version of that song in the lobby of the bank. Just, just, and just, and why did you do it? Just because you wanted to make somebody happy, right? Indeed, yeah. I think, I think they enjoyed it, right, Dane? <laughs> it was Dane's idea. I've got the video of Local Spins to prove it, as a matter of fact. So I'm going to open this up for questions now for the audience. So if there's something you always wanted to ask Big Duty Rue and these crazy dudes in front of you, uh, now's your opportunity. Uh, anything about this band that you want to know? Who's got a question for them? Hey, guys. Um, so I've heard a rumor about what your name, where it comes from, but... Where exactly did you get the name for your band? There's been a lot of stories about this one. Um, I, I know Nate's got a few. Uh, the one that I've heard um, the most about where it comes from is um, there's this uh, taxi cab service, and it's called Big Duty Roo. Um, on my home planet, Crouton, um, somewhere in the vicinity of Vega, um, I was separated at birth so it's a little uh but it's the one thing that i do remember that taxi cab service so i remembered that and put my put the band's name on it and that's where it all started that that's one story I, I, there's got to be more than that behind this there's, one there's a few out there i mean uh, the only other one probably worth noting i've heard uh sort of uh um tale that it's uh, an alternate name for sort of the Keweenaw Peninsula's version of the Yeti, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know that's Dan Rickabus's favorite version. He's a fan <laughs> of Bigfoot. but So that's another, that's another possibility as well. 
Yeah. The legend continues. All right, uh, someone else. What else? Who has another question? Here we go. Um, you guys can answer this as a group or individually if you want. I was just wondering, what has been your proudest moment as a member of Big Duty Roo? Individual question. Huh? Yeah. 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 In the round. Go ahead, man. Me? Yeah. Um, there's a couple moments that stick out big time for us, but. Uh, this was back at Dune Grass Festival, long time ago. I lost my Mr. Burger hat that weekend. Uh, but we were playing a closing set at the same time as Martin Sexton. Is that who was on the other stage? And uh, um, we were playing a Wilco cover, I remember. And halfway through the Wilco cover, I'm the man who loves you, um, I'm down here messing with my pedals, and I kind of leap up from my pedals only to hit Seth Bernard. I had no idea who was on the stage, but I leaped up, and I ran into him, and apparently he had come up to play saxophone with us on that song, and I hadn't even known he did play saxophone. Uh, And, um, yeah, we had an amazing audience that night, and just a great energy was happening, and when we all hit the last note, the lights went out, and... um, it was like a deafening crowd roar, and that, I'll never forget that. I ever think about that all the time. So that was probably my proudest moment. Nice. Yeah. Well, and someone told me later that Martin Sexton actually stopped for a minute because yeah. the crowd was so loud coming from the second stage. Yeah, so that was <laughs> pretty cool. That was a, yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Nate, you want to go? Sure. Um, I guess my proudest moment, It was there's a couple, but of the same uh, same type of thing. But when I first uh, brought one of my songs to the band and they put it together and turned it into something I never thought it could be. And uh, I was like, wow, I'm really proud of us for doing this and proud of these guys. So, But it just kind of blew me away. I was like, you know, damn near brought a tear to my eye. So. <laughs> Um, well, my, how long have I been with you guys? Since March, maybe? Like, yeah, like eight months. Okay, yeah, yeah. so um, I feel like in the short time that I have been with the group, um, we've, done, we've gotten to do some really cool things. Uh, proudest moment would be definitely the Harvest Gathering. Um, we got the 1130 slot in the barn, and uh, we had a lot of, I feel, weight on our shoulders. We had talked about it prior to the summer, and uh, we had talked about going in and just working hard at all these festivals and kind of like, being, being one of the bands that sticks out, whether it be because of our live show or how tight we've gotten or um, just our hard work, I guess. And we did all those things, and I, I feel like that helped um, lend itself to us getting that pretty coveted spot from what I hear. I mean, I'm new to the scene, but uh, 11.30 on a Saturday night in the barn. Yeah. And they have a little balcony up there, and Seth's just hanging over like a madman <laughs> with his family, just pumping his fist. And uh, that was a cool moment. I mean, the barn was over capacity, and you could just feel the energy. And, um, you know, I love it all. I love this kind of setting, and I love the one with a few hundred people packed in there. So that's my favorite moment. Nice. All right, Max, it's up to you. Um, I mean, I guess in a, just a general sense, I'm just always so proud of how far we've come. Like when me and Nate started out playing a Green Day cover at the 8th grade talent show 12 years ago, and we Brain stew. Oh. Yeah. All right. We did yeah. play an original song. We did. Too. It was, yeah, it was called Bummin'. 
Um, we should. We should. Um, we shouldn't actually. It definitely, definitely should not play that song. But uh, yeah, and then from there, I mean, we kind of just started out as a bunch of friends, kind of just goofing off in my parents' basement and playing Neil Young covers and having a good time. And from there, we've become a really, you know, taking this really seriously. We put out a couple records that I'm super proud of, um, just artistically, musically, lyrically, everything. Um, so yeah, just the the span we've covered in 10 years is pretty amazing to me. It's cool. Anybody else out there? Mm -hmm. All right. Hey guys. Hey. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> uh, what's I want to know? What's your guilty pleasure music that you listen to? You know that people might be surprised, or it's not such a cool band to listen to, but that you really love. I think one of mine would be um, the Youpers. <laughs> <laughs> That's I a turn good you on to them, though. I'm going to take credit for that one. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the Youpers. Um, I don't know. You got one? Uh, my first two albums were, and I don't know, I think this is cool, but um, Sugar Ray, the album with the clock on it. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> love every song on that. You sing the whole thing. And um, Third Eye Blind's first album, yeah. Semi Charm Life. Right? Just something about, yeah. So I guess I don't feel very guilty, but a couple of gems in my brain, I guess. Nice. I guess I'll say uh, in that vein, going back to the 90s, I, I honestly, I don't, I need to feel, figure one out that I feel more guilty about, though, because this one, I don't know, Sheryl Crow's self titled record. So good. We were just talking about that. If it makes you happy, every day is a winding road. I think a change is going to come. I mean, that's a great record. Love Sheryl Crow. So as a poet and as a lyricist, how do you distinguish between the two? How do you sort of differentiate between what is poetry and what is literary? Because you've got a degree from the University of Michigan that really delved into poetry big time. So the question is, how do you translate that into music? Um, I mean, they're definitely very different, and they kind of come from a different place. Um, with lyric writing, you know, you've always got the emotion of the music that's informing what's coming out in the words. Um, and the biggest distinction, I think, is just that in music, sound comes first. You know, it's got to sound good. You've got to have a good melody. Um, if the words don't fit in with the phrase, the melodic phrase, then it's not really working. Um, it's always a challenge to make that happen when you really have a meaning that you want to get across. In poetry, it's really meaning comes first, and sound is kind of like ornamental. Um, still very, you know, crucially important part of the art form. Um, but sometimes with poetry, with writing, writing a poem, it might be there's something I want to say that's um, just doesn't necessarily fit into the maybe the simplicity of writing a folk song or something. So, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of generally it. All right, let's wrap it up. What do you got here? You got a couple All of right. songs for us. Yeah, um, we're going to do a song from the EP Duty Free here. Um, this is just straight up dealing with heartbreak. It's called Ghost of Love. I 
Thanks, guys. All right, well, we got one more tune for you. Thank you guys all so much for being here. Um, this has been great. Thank you guys yeah. so much. Big thanks to John Sinkovich, Local Spins. Wow, well, how much can you say about the work that they do for the West Michigan music scene? Amazing. Thanks so much, John. Thanks to Roy Wallace here at uh, River City Studio for putting hey, us on as well. Amazing to be in this space. I know it's going to sound great. And uh, thanks also to uh, Hopcat and Rockford Brewing for um, supplying some food and beer tonight. Um, we're going to do a tune here. Uh, this is actually going way back. This is the first tune on our uh, first record. Uh, the record was called Germination. And uh, we put it out six years ago this month. Um, and this was a tune I wrote while I was living in Chicago, going to music school. Um, and you know, we all grew up in Wayland, small town, spent a lot of time, you know, out in the woods, hanging out as friends um, in those days. And that was kind of our existence, our reality. And then I moved down to Chicago, and it was kind of a big, big, huge change living in the city. Just so much sensory input all the time, so many people in such close quarters. Um, so this is sort of a, a tune I wrote, um, feeling, feeling homesick and uh, sentimental about the state of Michigan and uh, everything great that we have going on here. People are so nice and kind, and they care about the land, they care about the water. Um, so I always send this one out to uh, people working to protect Michigan's water, especially as a huge resource that we have. And it's, it's a beautiful place, beautiful music community. So this one's called Michigan. Stay in mood. 
Once again, everybody, Big Duty Roo. Thank you. I want to thank Big Duty Roo for being part of this. Thank all of you for being here for this special session. Thank you to Hopcat for being a supporter of this session. Thank you to Roy Wallace, River City Studios. Thank you to Brennan and Jake and part of the River City Studios video team for all this. Please keep an eye out on localspins.com for the podcast and the video down the road. And please always remember to support your local and regional music scene. Good night, everybody. Yeah.